0: Now presenting this week's message. Y'all ready? Uh, Now for any of of you that are guests, uh, you need to know that we're in the middle of um, kind of an experience, a journey together as a body of Christ called Experiencing God. Now this comes right on the heels of us doing uh, seven weeks of what's called 40 days of prayer where we were all together in this, which is pretty awesome, pretty powerful to do this together, isn't it? And so we are uh in this series entitled Experiencing God and today we're going to pick up on the second uh part of the fact that God speaks to you. And uh you know there's a lot of controversy out there, a lot of discussion when it comes to, you know, hearing the voice of God. There's books galore on it. And uh, if you talk to somebody, uh probably some of you've had this experience. You've gone, "You know, God told me to do X, Y, and Z." And they looked at you like, where did Jesus fall out of? You know, it's like, hmm. Or if you ask somebody, you know, what has God been uh, saying to you lately? It's like, uh, I'm not real sure I'm, I'm clicking with that. Well... In this whole, in this whole encounter of experiencing God, we are being reminded through God's Word that He is still the same God that He was in the Old Testament, that He was in the New Testament. He is today. He is alive and He's well and God is always at work. He's always at work and He is at work to draw you and I into a relationship with Himself that's real and meaningful and that displays His glory. So now we're in week six. A bunch of groups just uh, today just uh, uh, reviewed what they had studied over this last week and it's uh, the summary of week six. But we had a verse for this week. Anybody tell me the address for the verse this week? John 5.19 Okay, so y'all ready? Y'all ready? Because everybody memorized John 5 19 this week, right? All right, okay, okay. Wow. Okay, here we go. We're going to practice it. Here it is. It's up here. Jesus gave them this answer I tell you the truth. The Son can do nothing by himself, He can do only what He sees His Father doing, because whatever the Father does, the Son also does. That verse still blows me away. We're talking about the Savior of the world. We're talking about Jesus Christ. We're talk- and He's going, whoop, nah, I don't, nah, I don't do anything alone. Absolutely nothing. I only do what the Father is doing. And he's invited you and I to join him in that. And knowing the God that is. That he's a good, good father who is by our side and not only by our side, if we've invited him in, he is in our life, the very essence of who we are. All right, and so during this week there was uh there was a lot of information, right? Pretty powerful week. But the zinger for me for this week is right here. If the members, and he's talking about the members of the church, the local expression, if the members are not talking about what they sense God is doing in their midst, the whole body will be disoriented to God. What do you think? If the members are not talking about what they sense God is doing in our midst, then the whole body will be disoriented. Do you know any disoriented Christians? Don't, 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 don't don't say their name right now. Uh, Do you know any disoriented churches? Uh, Don't name them, no, don't name them right now. Uh, I think we can all fit in that category at some time, but this gives us a clue... To why it is that we miss it so often. Why it is that I so often when I am talking with people that I meet that they have such bitterness toward God because of their experience in the church and I'm apologizing for the church and how the church has made religion preeminent rather than understanding that God created us for an intimate fellowship, a relationship like none other. God did not create us so that He could get us to behave in a moral way. He's not about behavior modification. He is about an intimate relationship. Dynamic fellowship. So, if we're going to be disoriented, unless we are are sensing what God's doing and we're sharing it with one another... And some, and some of you are kind of, uh, you just like to talk about everything. You're like me. you will just yak, 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 and you, know, you don't mind doing that. And you'll share, but others you kind of quiet and you're reserved. And, but the reality is, is that we need to hear from everyone. Like uh, right now, my neck's hurting a little bit. This morning, my, my brain told my hand, get that cream that Felicia got from Germany and do this. I'm glad that my body is in communication with itself. And we need to be in communication with one another because there's stuff that's going on that God is doing that He's inviting us to become a part of. But we need to talk. We need to, we need to hear from one another. So here it is. What does God want you to know? What does God want me to know? And by the way, by the way, you know, we're just we're sitting there, we go, tell me what he wants me to know so I can know what I can do. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to be reminded of this. If I want to know the will and the voice of God, I must devote time and effort to cultivate a love relationship with Him. I must devote time, effort, and attention to cultivating the relationship. Cultivating what it means to be a child of God. Yes, I am. A child of God. Yes, I am. Right? That's what we were just singing about. Alright, so what He wants us to know is this, and we looked at this last week, so we're just going to go look it over again, and this is reality number four. And I didn't change this, and I should have. Reality number four. This should say four. It looks like a three. It's really a four. Alright, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. Now, we want to hide our plan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. God speaks. So what's that saying? Uh, it's not my my it's it's not left up to me uh, to be able to to hear God. God is speaking. It's not left for me to determine whether or not He's speaking. He He tells us in His Word that He is speaking, and He speaks. But He speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible through prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. So let's look at those real quickly again. Uh, God speaks by the Holy Spirit. Uh, Nick, I told you that I talked about you last week. Nick had a procedure last week, uh, Friday a week ago. You're looking good. You look good, Nick. Uh, uh, it's called Collier uh, Implant because he can't hear. Uh, and uh, so they go in there and uh, they, they cut the nerves of his hearing and they implant a little computer in his inner ear, and then they got all these responders and receptors and all that kind of transmitters up there that this is going to be his new costume jewelry. Beautiful picture, beautiful picture for us of how God speaks to us. It says He speaks, not through our... just He, he gave us a mind, but our mind needs to get in tune with what He has put within us, that is His Spirit. His Spirit. The Holy Spirit. As Jesus was talking with His disciples, He said, I'm with you now and I'm telling you what to do and all this kind of stuff, but I, it's important that I leave so I can be in you. In you. And then and then he, and, and we've got to learn how to listen to the Holy Spirit that is speaking to us. God speaks through the Holy Spirit that He plants within us. And some of the, uh, on our understanding, He just wants to snip it and snap it. You're going, that's scary. But that's what the Bible says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own what? Oh, I'm so, oh, don't, don't cut my normal way of hearing. Yeah, God said, Yeah, I want because I want you to hear what I've got to say. And so he speaks by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, open it up there with me. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. If you don't, there's one in front of you. But it's a powerful, just powerful thing that Paul is talking about from the results of the Holy Spirit, the wisdom and the insight that we get because now now we have this thing planted by God in us. And it's not a thing, it's a He. It's God Himself in us, His Spirit, so that we can see and hear the things of God and not just have world think and world eyes and all that stuff, but we hear God. In the world that we live in. Verse 9. He said, however it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. Why in the world would any of us love Him? Because He loves us. But, verse 10, but God has revealed it to us. How? By His Spirit. By His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Guess what? You don't know the thoughts of God apart from the Spirit of God. You're no expert on what God has to say. Even if you are a student of the Bible, apart from the Spirit of God... You don't know. That we may understand what God has freely given us. That we may understand what God... So a prayer in yours right now, even as you're listening is the Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? Would you speak to me today? Help me get in tune to what you're saying. Shut down the noise so that I can understand your love for me and your plan for me and your purpose for me. He speaks through His Spirit that is within you. Now, if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, He's knocking, He's going, I love you. It is not my desire that any should perish, but all come to repentance to change their mind about who Jesus is and who you are. Jesus is Savior and you're sinner apart from Him. Jesus is life and you're just lost apart from Him. God speaks through the Holy Spirit. Secondly, uh, this is saying that God speaks through the Bible. Now, on each one of these instances, what you could do is you could come up here and put your little arrow up there and go, God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. Okay? God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. So God uses His Word. Uh, man, I ran, across, I ran across somebody this week... Um, this lady, she's got a son, and uh, she, her dress was in a certain way, and I was like, hmm, you know. But you mean I'm always yakking and talking like that? But uh, uh, she began to share with me that really the reason she's doing this is because she can't see her grandchildren unless she changes her looks. Because her son is convinced of something that he's taken totally out of context in the Bible, totally out of context. And I said, "Wow, that sounds like he's all bound up." I said, "Are you living under that judgment? Are you living on?" I said, "I would love to talk to him, and uh, I, I would love just to just I'd love to talk to him because who the son sets free will be what free indeed. We were just singing about that, right?" And so she texts him and he goes, Nah, he checked our website out. We got some labels. We got some labels with our church that we are Ichabod. Oh, and we don't use only the King James Version because that's the only version in the whole world that God can speak through. Now, I love the King James. I grew up on the King James, but oh my gosh, what's God going to do with people everywhere that speaks anything but English? Oh, if you don't speak Spanish, you're done. I mean, if you speak Spanish, done. German, done. I mean, because you've got to have the... You can't, what? And, and that, anyway, that, wasn't, that wasn't the biggest of it, but it's like, whoa. If you think that you, in and of yourself, with your own thinking, apart from the Spirit of God, can come in here and just sit at this and know God's heart, you won't know it. You won't know it. That's the reason there's so many mean Christians and there's so many religious people out there is they're trying to do this with man's understanding apart from the Spirit of God. And it has caused disaster after disaster crash after crash. It has torn up relationships, torn up countries, torn up lives. It's God Himself. See, what He's all about is a relationship with you and He says, I'm this close. I'm in you. Wow. That's pretty awesome stuff. So he speaks to the Bible. I love this phrase right here. When you read the Word, the author himself is present to instruct you. Hey, just remember that. When you are reading the Word, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've ever professed Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the author himself is there with you. And you're going, I don't get it. And and you know what? Next month you say, I don't get it. Next year you say, I don't get it. Ten years you've been saying, I don't get it. How many times have you asked Him, the author, what did you mean by that? Lord, Spirit, what do you mean by that? And He's got ways that He can, he can, just, he can just outright tell you. He can outright reveal it to you or he could, he could let you be not so proud that you tell somebody else. I don't understand that. Oh, God gives grace to the humble. What does He do for the proud person that don't want to look ignorant? is that God opposes the proud. If I'm afraid to ask questions, why? I'm living out of fear. I'm not living out of trust in God. Wow. The author himself is present to instruct you. That is awesome. Here, and you know, I love this. Truth is never discovered. We, th- we uh, No, it's revealed. Huh? Revelation. Where there's no revelation, the people perish. It's God revealing himself. So he speaks through the Bible. Now he speaks through prayer. God speaks through prayer. Now, what are you going to do right up here? God speaks by the Holy Spirit through prayer. And see, if you remember this, then we won't be in there going like this. All right, God, I got to get to work. Dear Jesus, I need this and help my wife because I think she's been a little bit better today than my husband and the kids. and Get me to work on time, help my road rage a little bit, and then give me a raise. Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. If that's the way it's going, then God put right here, put, does not speak through your flesh as you pray. I mean, it's like, what? what, prayer is a conversation. Prayer is an encounter with God. Pretty awesome. Romans 8, 26 through 27. Bible drill, turn to it. Romans 8, 26 through 27. If you don't have your Bible, there's one in front of you right there. Let's let God's Word speak to us. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible. As we pray. Here's what he says. In the same way, verse 26, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Anybody weak? Anybody weak out here? <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be. In the same way the Spirit, Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans and words that cannot be expressed. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. The Spirit of God, knowing the heart of God, is making... And I am so thankful. And right now in your heart, you just need to say, thank you, Spirit, that you have been interceding for me because there have been a lot of dumb prayers that I've prayed. And matter of fact, there's been a lot of times that I've not even prayed. But you've been interceding for me. There have been times, God, I've gotten before you, I've been so angry after you, I've been so disoriented, I didn't know how to pray. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you held me, that you held on to me. And that I didn't that I'm not in a deep dark hole right now. Thank you for that. Pretty awesome. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through prayer. And here's what Henry Blackaby was talking about in in this lesson. And I I like this is his life. Remember, this is his testimony. This is not a study. This is not a course. This is a testimony as we witness somebody's life. He says, as I pray about a particular matter, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and applies it to my heart and mind to reveal truth. So he's going, Lord, you know what? Uh, Lord, Doug has been just very mean to me lately and I, my my attitude toward him is just just not right and then all of a sudden he just starts flushing my life with all of these verses like um, love one another forgive one another um, you know I'm just all the one anothers Gordon Gordon y'all passed out a whole, how many sheets was that pages was that two or three pages there's more back here on the table that's like it tells us how, so I said okay help me in my attitude right boom So it's just when you're praying about a matter, the Spirit of God will take the Word of God and you say, well, the way you're acting is not right. That's the reason His Word says in Timothy, He says, God's Word is profitable. It teaches you the way to go. And when you get off track, it shows you where you got off track and then how to get back on track. So God, the Spirit uses His Word to encourage us and to give us life, an abundant life relationships restored and whole and pure and not fake. Not fake. Amazing. Let me ask you this question. Here's a question you can ask yourself. What what am I persistently praying about? Write it down. What's something that you're persistently praying about? And it's just you're you're still not getting an answer on it. What am I? It's just like, I'm just, I'm praying, I'm praying, I'm praying, and I just don't know what to do about this. God, should I take this job or not? Or God, should I marry that person or not? Or, or God, should I do this? I mean, what should I do? What should I do? God, God, I'm praying that you would deliver me from this addiction. I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. God, I want to know what to do with the rest of my life. I've got 20, 30 good years left. What do I need to do? You're, I, I, it seems like God is silent. When God's silent, that doesn't mean that He doesn't love you and that He's not working. Matter of fact, when God's silent, is Him, as we see throughout Scriptures, Him getting ready to display Himself in a greater way. In a greater way. God was silent with Job. And then a lot of people came in and started having their opinions of Job and what he needed to do to fix it. And they were all wrong. God was right and Job was right. Job stood the course. So here's, here's what he says there. He says, when I pray, I immediately begin to watch for what happens next. The idea that God is not going to answer never crosses my mind. How many times have you gone, God, you just... how many times have we accused God of not caring and not answering? When I pray, I immediately begin to watch for what happens next. Expect God to answer your prayers, but stick around for the answer. Oh, there it is. There it is. Stick around for the answer. Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. We're going, I ain't got time to wait. We hate to wait, right? Stick around for the answer. Job did. And God revealed himself. Moses did, and God revealed himself. If it seems like you've been praying about something for a good while, and it's like you're not getting, you're not hearing clearly what God wants you to do, just know that he's going to answer. Why? Because he says, Call to me and I will what? In Jeremiah 3, uh 3:33, 3, 33, 33, 3, call to me and I will what? Call to me, and I will what? Answer you. Stick around for the answer. We look at our watch; God looks at the calendar. Stick around and let God speak. All right. Um, that next deal that's on there uh, about prayer. It says when I um, when God is silent. Is that on? Is that on the outline here? There, Glennard. Nope, I didn't put it on there. Um, When God is silent, continue doing the last thing God told you and watch and wait for a fresh encounter with Him. That's kind of the, that's kind of the rule of thumb. When you, when God is silent, you can't hear what He's saying, continue to do the last thing. Be faithful to the last thing He told you to do. That's the reason I tell people whenever they get in difficult circumstances, I said never change a decision while you're in the dark that you made when you were in the light. Because we start seeing God and things from, from a bad circumstances and, and pressure and all that, and we start trying to change the clear direction that God has given us. So God speaks through circumstances. Next one. God speaks through circumstances. All right. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through circumstances. Luke chapter 7. Uh, if you had an opportunity this past week to be in that study, you, oh, the, I love this. I love this passage. You know there were, two, there were several examples. One, remember when uh, Jesus and the disciples were in the boat and the storm came and, and Jesus sleep asleep and they're going, what did, what did they think the truth was? They thought the truth was they were going to drown. The circumstances looked like they were going to drown. But guess what? Uh, I, I almost named this uh, sermon when truth sleeps. <laughs> but he doesn't. But truth was asleep in the boat. And then some of them say, Hey, look at this. What's going on? We're fixing the drown. He goes, That's not the truth. Let me speak. I will tell you the truth. I love this passage in Luke chapter 7. Read along with me, verse 11. We'll pick up at verse 11. Um, Jesus, it says, Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And His disciples and a large crowd went with Him. And as He approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of His mother. And she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. And when the Lord saw her, His heart went out to her and He said, Don't cry. You know, it's like, What? I mean, you put yourself in this scenario. Here's this lady. You know, she's already lost her husband and her son that she thought was going to be there to be her companionship and to take care of her as she got older and in her old age. He is now dead. And now she's walking down in the, this processional for this funeral and he is going, Don't cry. Why? Because truth hadn't spoken yet. He says, Don't cry. And then he went up and he touched the coffin and those carrying it stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praise God. A great prophet has appeared among us. They said, God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. They were all filled with great awe and praised God. Don't evaluate your situation until you've heard from Jesus. He is the truth. Don't evaluate that loved one and they're going down the wrong road and you're going to go, oh gosh, they're never going to change. Everybody that I know has come at them from every different angle. It will never change. Don't evaluate that until Jesus speaks. Until He speaks truth. Whatever your circumstances are, whatever your problems may be, whatever your addiction may be, do not evaluate your situation until Jesus speaks. Jesus, what do you have to say about this? And he's going to say, well, well, I'm almighty. I am so much greater than that. Our greatest problem is nothing to God. The greatest pain God can comfort you going, yeah, but you don't know how deep this pain is. God does. God does. And every time we say something stupid like that, it just reveals what we really believe about God. We just don't believe in the real God. We've got us a little potato head God that we've kind of gotten comfortable with. But God says, I want you to know me. I want you to know who I truly am. Not who you think I am. God speaks through the church. God speaks through the church. That's what He wants us to know. God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the church. Um... I love what he says here. He said, One problem many churches face today is they have so emphasized the doctrine of the priesthood of believers, they have lost their sense of corporate identity. Does that make any sense? See, we, uh, Protestant, we, we don't have to go, we don't have to funnel through any, you know, upper echelon. We can go straight to God. We can go directly to God. Because that's what Jesus accomplished for us. He says, "I am the way, I am the truth." But he says one of the problems is we've we're so into that that it plays right into the American dream of we're all individuals and our rights and I have a right to be me. And all of a sudden, we start trying to live the Christian life as individuals, individualistic, and we don't understand that we're a body that we are a body and we need one another and we need to hear from one another Wow in Ephesians chapter 4 15 and 16 Paul says this, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. No wonder that so many of us are so dysfunctional. Because we've not allowed other parts of the body. My back, my neck still would be hurting right now if the, if the, the body wasn't working together. It's when, when we don't take God at His Word and understand that it's all about community and unity and community, then we live lives that are so lacking Is it because God's lacking? No, it's because God opposes the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. It's because He says what we do is we come in here and we're joined together and we support one another and we grow up as each of us does our part. Pretty awesome stuff. Look what He says. He said, apart from the body, you cannot fully know God's will for relating to God's people. How many people how many people are out there right now oh by the way this this young man that's in my opinion is scary going he would be a perfect cult leader if, if he' doesn't, if God doesn't wake him up uh, oh he, he's not going to church anywhere. you know why? ain't none of them good enough ain't none of them good enough because he's right. We will never find a perfect church. But you can find a church whose heart is pursuing Abba Father and who will bow when Abba Father speaks. That's our heart. And I know that's your heart. And, th- and then he says this, and this is, this is where I want to end up. And by the way, if you're a guest here, you're thinking we're about to wrap it up. Oh, no, we've got about another 10 minutes. I'm sorry. We're like a 12:15 church now. If, so go ahead. I'll give you permission. In the next 30 seconds, pull out your phone and text your lunch date. Say, it's going to be a little bit late, but it's going to be worth it. Okay, Because tell them you're a bi. Say Say, so I'm buying. Okay, I'm going to be late, but I'm buying. All right. If the members are not talking about what they sense God is doing and they're the whole body will be disoriented to God. Oh, that was our zinger, wasn't it? I think it was. Alright, so here's what God wants every one of you to do. Number one, to know that He loves you. I mean, He, wants you, he just wants you to allow Him to love on you right now. He really does, and what if you're a follower of his? If you call yourself a, G, a Christian, he wants he wants you to expect him to speak because well, he is. He's speaking, and he wants to speak to you. But, but what he wants you to do right now? Show us, Glenn, and then we'll do it. Oh, all right, read. God's Word, pray. Watch to see what He's doing, remember. Watch to see what He's doing. You just pray. Watch to see what He's doing. God, I want a million dollars. I just got a bill in the mail. Hmm. How's that? I don't know how that works. Well, ask Him. I don't know. And then share, share, share. Yeah, but it may sound stupid what I share. Who's this about You? Really? Is this about you? You've already been told by the God of the universe that you are loved, you are precious, you are prized, you are unique. There's only one you. He loves you and He wants you to know how much that you are loved and how prized you are and how valuable you are to the body of Christ and to what He is doing in the world today. And then we go. Oh, God can't use me. Uh oh! You just already again. You, you you're trying to be nice, but you've already declared that you don't don't believe God. You've you really declared that you what well, you really believe about God. That God is incapable. He is not a capable father. He's not even a caring father because if he was, he would change it to where you could become a part of it. Oh, so be careful about what we say, but share. I say a whole lot of stupid stuff. I say stuff and you know, even from here that people get on, on me about afterwards in a loving way. They speak the truth in love. And then I say stuff about Felicia and then she goes home and she won't talk to me and then I learn that I can't do that. But listen, be willing to share. The only reason we're not is because we, we're, we're trying to prop up some image of ourselves. It's just not true. So here's the insert. Y'all see the little insert? Let me see it. The other insert. Yeah. Okay. What experiencing God? What is God, you know, what is God revealing to to me about? This is what we're going to be doing this week. Right? This is what we're going to be doing this week. So as I just kind of did a quick run through, let me just give you an example of this. And you're not going to see it up in in here, but pull that sheet out in front of you and just, just keep gawking at it and look at it. What is God revealing to me about Himself? That's what I want you to spend time on this week. I'm asking you to do that. What is God revealing to me about Himself? And for some of you, it may be, God, He's revealing that He is provider. For some of you, He may be revealing to you that He is mercy. Not because you deserve it, but because that's who He is. Here's what I wrote. And this is just for passionate. He's been revealing how passionate He loves me. Powerful delivery. This past week, uh, Richard Lee. Where's Richard? You hear? Richard asked me a question. He asked me a question. Uh, If you take me to breakfast, you can ask me a question. All right. So he took me to breakfast. He asked me a question. He says, Mike, how has God revealed Himself to you that you've seen demonstrated through your life and your actions? Said, Wow, this guy's deep. I mean, wow! Think about how is God? How have you experienced God that He is? Then you've seen Him demonstrate it through you, and immediately you know. I thought about it was Luis. Y'all remember Luis from last week? I didn't give him very much time to talk, uh, but uh, he grabbed some hearts here. You know, so Luis uh, 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 was here. Uh, by the way, uh, we put him on a buddy pass to Tampa. And he got down there fine, but he got bumped coming back. Welcome to marry me, fly free life. So, uh, but but he went down there, and God did some good stuff. So he's ministering in Guatemala, you know, to over four thousand students. God is doing all this awesome stuff. He is so educated. He's got all these letters behind his name because he's such a learner. He is just oh, I mean, he's just into it, and he's amazing. And he's humble, and he is. Uh, just everything about his ministry's above board, and he's you know he's got two beautiful daughters, twelve year olds, and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm kind of like, this guy's this guy's big time, you know. I mean, this guy's kind of like a you know, uh, he's sharp. So, but you know, he's staying in my house. So already you know he's at a disadvantage because he's living in the D domain, and uh, so we just do life our D way. Stop, Frank, stop. Okay, so, you know, uh, we just do, uh, he gets these. He gets who we are. We don't play. We don't, we're not putting on in fronts. And so, yak, yak, Matt, Matt, stop it. Uh, and then Rachel comes in. She gives us a precious three hours. And then she's out again to meet with Luis and, you know, some folks to talk about potential ministry and, you know, in Guatemala and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, we're loving on her. And I'm giving Rachel, I say, Rachel, I need a Rachel hug. And y'all remember the Rachel hug. The Rachel hug is like when we hug each other. She's rubbing my back, you know, and she's the only one that will do it. She's she's the only one that will do that. Just a good hug. Frank, no, he massage, he's a good massager. But I needed a race. so he sees all this going on. Eat, you know, a lot of food, a lot of food. Fletcher, eat more, eat more, you know, just going, eat more. And so I get him. I introduce him to the rower downstairs in our basement, you know. I said, and so he's, I see him in the middle of the night doing this because Fletcher goes eat more, eat more, you know, and it's like oh my gosh, and it's crazy. So then we get him, you know. So we put him on the buddy pass, and, and I take him. I drop him off at Marta, and they said you can put him on Marta. I said yeah, I'm gonna put him on Marta. And They go what kind of friend are you? I said I ride Marta. He rides Marta. Get on Marta. And uh, he found his way from, you know, so I put him on Marta and I said, you know, here, do all this stuff, you know. uh, Go to the gate and they're going to tell you you're not going to get on because, you know, it's already over. So don't forget, these people got hangovers in Atlanta and they're not going to make the first flight. They're not going to stay there, stay there. So I'm shooting them these text messages. And then... So I was just giving all this, you know, logisticals, there, and then I get a text from him. And he goes, "Man, the Lord is using you to." Now this is his Spanglish. his Spanish saying, Man, the Lord is using you to wreck my heart. I never had a father. I never had a father, and this is how. Father takes care of his sons and his daughters. Thank you. Yes, I will text you when I get to the gate. (laughs) So, and then, uh, and then I hear the story. I hear this. We never know. We never know. If you just let God be God, be Himself through you. But see, I have, I have, I know the acceptance of God. I know the love of God. I know the hospitality of God. I know the freedom of God. I want people, you know, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are my best friends. And I have freedom in that. And so I'm out there and I'm very imperfect, you know, and, and this perfect. And so here's here's my here here's my encouragement to you. Never ever ever underestimate what God can do through this through dysfunctional you. Never ever underestimate. We were just doing life. We were just yak yak, and you do not know. You do not know what need God is going to feel when you just offer your life to Him. And just says, "All right, uh, whatever." What is God revealing to you about Himself? Because whatever that is, is going to come out through you. What is God revealing to you about His will? And here, here's what I put down here. First and foremost. His will is for me to know him intimately, not to do anything from him. His will is for me to have a relationship with him that is absolutely loving and true. So that through me he can display his glory, so that through me that people will want to know God. What is God revealing to me about his ways? And I put, first thing I put it was not my ways. Are there. Absolutely not. But he's been revealing that his ways are always loving, even though they don't feel loving sometimes. He's revealing that his ways are one that is so sovereign that they're bigger than my plans and my schedule. Um, I got a real nice text from Cliff this week. He helped me. He, you know, he's called me because he helps me move furniture all the time. And, he, and you know, and I was going, man, thank you, because that was a lot of stuff we had to do. And the, you know, and he was encouraging about that. And and yeah, and and I, it just wasn't on my schedule, you know, to do that. And so it backed everything else up. And there was a lot to do. And then so the other day there was like meetings and meetings and this and this and this and this, and this that, that I just. Need to be done, and then in walks Joyana. Is that the way? Is that right? And our big old brother Terry. I like him, by the way. Tell him that. And then Brinique. And, and there's, they've hit a rough patch. And so, I don't know, Michelle or some of them comes, hey, there's some folks in there to see you. And all that. Uh, I did I did that, Joe. because uh, I knew, I knew in my estimation I didn't have time. But well, what's God teaching us in this? He's, in, he's sovereign, He's in control, so you make adjustments. You watch and see what God's doing next. Because that, earlier that day I said, God, I want, I want your will your way, I want to do your deal. I want to be your man. I want to do whatever it is you've got, planned, not my plans. So we had an opportunity. I was, had an opportunity to sit down, and and and, and we had about an hour of conversation. I did like eighty-nine percent of the talking. You think, Joanna? What do you think? I did most of it in Sorry, but but we had a great conversation, and we were able to talk about you know practical needs, but we were also talking about God's love for us, right? And what's really on God's heart. And so we've had some. We've sent some text messages uh, uh, back and forth, and got to know. And you see that I don't think that y'all walked in by accident. A lot of times, a need, people need, will come to you, and you go, "Well, you're just needy." I go, I go to my wife like about six o'clock at night. I show up in the kitchen, and she goes, "You're just needy." Like, yeah, give him feed me, you know. Uh, God uses needs to lead to His encounters and His purposes. So I'm thankful that God brought y'all here. I don't think it it was a mistake, and I I look forward to being able to do more life together and be an extension, even of God's what what He is doing in our midst. Um, you know, his purpose, his plans. You know, here's what I put. Um, you know, what, what are God's plans for us? I mean, what, what, what is God revealing to me about his plans? Number one is to use me for his glory, to display his glory, but I put to, to use CCC, to display his glory. Y'all remember, for those that were here, the picture of the migrant workers in the field that was ripe in the harvest? Uh huh. That's what his plans are. where do i see god working in my life that's why i want you to ask that every day ask him where god where are you working in my life and i could name you I, and you know what the first thing came were certain people and they weren't people that that i was going after but It was people that god's bringing into my life and some of them are vrps very resourceful people some of them are vdps very demanding people but every one of them he's using in my life where I see God at work in my life? He's increasing my faith. He's changing my heart. Maybe for you, He's giving you freedom over an addiction. You don't have to, don't have to write it down. I don't know the need to know the details, but maybe it's like, uh, you know, three weeks I've been free of this, or in a stronghold. Where you see God at work in your life, maybe He's giving you a heart for some, some group of people or some individual. I don't know. Please write it down. Who do I see God at work in our church? Wow. And I've shared this with you. See, I believe that God is work not, at work not just here, but I think He's work, at work in His bride universally right now to, to make His bride beautiful. Instead of being a self-directed church life, a self-centered, this is about me and oh my pro, but it, He is beautifying and beautifying His bride, making His bride beautiful. Radiant. Did I tell you the story about the buzzards on top of the church? Did I tell y'all that story? Did any of y'all notice that about, about six months ago, there were uh, eight months ago? Uh, There's about six months. Well, after the first year, there was buzzards. Not just one, buzzards on our dome. And we didn't like it. We, I'm going, and I, Michelle, other people come in and say, "Did you see those buzzards? That is not a good sign." I mean, you know what? We don't want people to see that. That is not good. (laughs) Buzzards on the dome, buzzards on the dome. We shall come rejoicing. You know, whatever. I don't know, but anyway, it's not good. And but you know what? In one of our prayer times, here's the deal one of our prayer times on Tuesday, and by the way, we need to create a whole lot more avenues of prayer because some of the most profound times of us seeing God is through our prayer time. It was during our prayer times. God, God gave Michelle a different picture. We saw it as bad. And God showed her, He said, you know what, buzzards are dead, flesh-eating birds. Birds. So we started praying for more buzzards on the dome. Because what God is saying to us is listen, we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk after the Spirit, not after the flesh. And how often have we tried to live the Christian life in the power of the flesh or even to please the flesh? God is eating away dead flesh making his bride beautiful and that good that's awesome all right and so we see other areas you know where God's just uh, the vulnerable people you know uh you know, that that are just on hard times and especially men I've shared with you you know there's a lot of men that are in a transition in their life right now in North Fulton and and uh you know, maybe they don't have a job, or they don't have housing, or something like that. There are places for families, there are places for women, but there's nothing for men. If you if you're if you're in transition up here in Norfolk, then there's nowhere for you to get to kind of get settled in and have resources and have a place to stay. So we've been going to school as much as we can because God, what do you want to show? Or what, do you, what do you want us to do? How do you want us and and. And Nick here, and Steve, and Doug, and there's a bunch of guys. that has been been spending hundreds and hundreds of man hours with men that are just needing some help, needing some extra help. So we met this past so uh, Sunday, Sunday a week ago. I met. I went to see my daughter because at, at PBJ, big you know the. Homeless shelter celebration 10 years up in Athens. And so we went there and got to see her celebrate what's going on the ministry. And then as we're walking out, there's this guy that he introduced himself. He says he's the CEO of Atlanta Mission. Uh, and uh, so I met him during that. And as, and as I was walking out to, to, to leave and come back home, uh, he was walking out and said, hey, hey, hey. I said, uh, now tell me your name. He goes, you know, and, and tell me what are you with? And I said, okay, we need to have breakfast." I need I need your number, and you know so uh, when somebody crazy like that you, you probably, he just you know, it's like here take my wallet and tell you what else you want you know so so he, you know gave me his number and I said where you live he goes Roswell I'm like oh my gosh this is awesome so but here's the CEO of Atlanta Mission and you need to look him up but anyway so we went to school on him the other morning just to say, find out what's going on and these are the notes of Bob Curry that went with me to have breakfast with him just this past week. But we were talking about this sense of homelessness that he said it is a growing issue in the suburbs. Nobody wants to help, you know, have any kind of help like that in, in our highfalutin areas. But listen to what he says. He's tough to get people involved in helping because it's messy. Tough to minister because of trust factor. But, and then he goes down to the real root of the problem. He says The problem is the church has outsourced mercy. Church is perfectly content to proclaim grace but allow other agencies to take care of the mercy part. We judge who deserves mercy. Hurricane victim deserves mercy, drug user doesn't. Wow. The church has outsourced mercy? Could it be? Could it it be that, man, we've got, everything's beautiful, and we've got all these great programs and all this kind of stuff that we've outsourced? Mercy? Where do you see God working? In our church, in the world. What does God want you to know? All that we talked about, what does God want you to do? Expect Him to speak. Expect Him to work. Would you do that? Would you do that? Just believe. That's called belief. God reveals Himself to increase faith that leads to action. God reveals His purposes so I know what He plans to do. God reveals His ways because they are the only means to accomplish His purpose. He doesn't need man's ways. He needs His ways. He gets the glory. we got one more slide and then we're done. Paul says in Ephesians 3.20, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we may ask or think. God, God is big. God is almighty. And when God accomplishes His purposes, In His ways, through us, people will come to know God. Does God want that? Absolutely. And God wants you to know Him too. Let's pray. Father God, thank You so much for Your awesome love and grace. Thank You that You have invited us to come to know You in a deeper real transforming way. Lord, I for one am just very, very thankful that you didn't come just to make us religious and fill us with a lot of information because, Lord, I tell you, the older I get, the more I forget, and I I just I can't count on my memory like I used to and I can't count on my abilities or my body or my looks or my bank account, but I can count on You. Because You are King of kings and Lord of lords and You choose to work in history through Your church. Lord, I beg that You would help each and every one of us make the adjustments necessary. To not only see you, but be used for your glory, and it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to ask our guys to come forward. The worship team's going to close. Yeah, th- that was not truly the cutoff. Uh, you want to do the closer? Okay. Um, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's let people sing their way out of here. Um, we're going to pray now and we're also going to sing, sing a song and if you need to just slip out as you're singing, just sing right all out into the parking lot. That's fine. Uh, but I do want to encourage you to stay for a moment. And if if you want to, if there's something that you want to pray about, talk about, I'll be up front. Uh, there'll be others. Uh, um, Michelle, are you available to be up front? You know. And if you'd like to just pray with somebody, go, man, I'm struggling with some of this or whatever it is. This is an opportunity for you to respond to the God that is. But also, this is an opportunity for us to worship through our offerings and whatever response on that Connect card. There's places for you to check if God's leading you to do something. Uh, Or even if it's not written out on there, write it on there. Just write it on there and just place it in the offering plate, and we appreciate it very much. But let's use this time to worship Him as well, Jesus. We thank you for this uh, privilege and opportunity to come before you and 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 worship you through our response, through our choices, through decisions, but also, Lord, through these tithes and offerings uh, that you will use for the advancement of your kingdom. Well, it's all yours, and we want to be good stewards of it. Now we ask your blessings as we go, hearing you speak to us individually, to us corporately. All for your glory in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Crosspoint Community Church. You can find us on the web at crosspointonline.org. There, you'll find links to our social media accounts, We gather every Sunday at 11 a.m. in Roswell, Georgia. Tune in next week.